from Studio A here at the DNVR Bar. And today the A stands for another head coach opening. Mm. I thought you were going to say something with the snowfall. Oh, it's a little it's a little bit dicey out there today here in Denver. Stay safe if you're on the roads here in Colorado because it's a little bit messy today. Yeah, I think they did a lot better job uh, cleaning up the roads this time than the first snow of the year. It's, uh, it's a good thing Nathaniel Hackett left last night. Otherwise, he may be stuck here, not because he got a contract, but literally because his plane wouldn't leave. Wouldn't that be funny if everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. he still hasn't yeah. left. They were yeah. like, yeah, his plane yeah. got canceled it's snowing literally yeah. we haven't seen him in 12 hours he's been sitting on the runway <laughs> i couldn't I, I couldn't sustain it much longer i needed that flight for nathaniel hackett last night because i was doing the, the tracker thing on twitter i want to talk about that yeah in a second. I, I needed that thing to take off yeah i had uh, things to do <laughs> if you need your career to take off or your life to take off head over to our friends and MSU Denver Online, the presenting sponsor of the show, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can scope out all they have to offer. No better place to further that education if you already work a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution, and you can have your application fees waived when you use the code DNVR while you're signing up. So check out our friends over at MSU Denver. Mace, how long did you think you were signing up for when you started tracking that flight? I thought I might be in for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. I figured because I, I, I looked up because I, I had checked earlier and I saw that the flight was leaving at 630 because I do check these things because I'm a nerd and, you know, this kind of the thing I do. I, I wouldn't call that nerdy. I, I was checking it, too. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a nerd. I don't know. You're both nerds, but <laughs> I don't think that's nerdy. <laughs> anyway. And then I and, and I thought I thought he would probably be wheels up about 745 or so mm. when it's st- and then, you know, kept. At 720, 725, and then when it got to it, when, when it, I started, when I, I started saying whoa, it was actually, first of all, I was saying whoa at like how people were following along. It was kind of crazy, but I should have known that. Everyone loves a good flight track. They, yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this in it in the SEC a bunch of times. Yep. You know, people go crazy for tracking the private planes. And we remember, I remember tracking the Peyton Manning uh, plane oh, yeah. back and the plane back and forth, tracking how. Uh, they went to go pick him up in Miami Beach, and they threw, flew to Stillwater, picked up the Broncos contingent, and then they came back to Denver. So it's it's fun, but um, I, I I was starting to kind of lose some steam there about eight thirty. I'm like, okay, I got to make some dinner here. I've actually got to to do a couple of things around my place, and then finally, I eight fifty six p.m. Wheels up. He's on his way to Green Bay. I mean, the the thing that uh, we haven't learned yet is. Uh, what did they have for dinner? Because I know. whether they I, whether they went to a steakhouse or simply ordered in, what did they have? Did we, they go, did did Nathaniel Hackett order the burger or the steakhouse? Mike Cliss, you have one job. Yes, <laughs> I think the most important thing is 
We know that he did not have breakfast here, and that probably would have been the deal breaker because sometimes dinner means that you got the job. Well, that's not the thing with George Payton now, obviously. Mm. Breakfast is what seals it. Yeah. Um, I'll avoid all jokes there. Um, <laughs> Mace, a.k.a. Nathaniel Trackett, as I'm calling you now. Oh, um, how many total refreshes? Just a tie bow on this. Uh, I Once I figured out that they were only updating it every five minutes, and then after 8.10, realized, like, it got to 8.20, nothing happened. Uh, nothing happened, and then until he took off, it was about 75. There we, go. there we go. That's what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, what everyone's been waiting for. All right. Uh, you're right, Zach. It's not about dinner. It's about breakfast. That's how you know you really sealed the deal. It's about the um, morning after. Exactly. Those three magic words, stay for breakfast. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> but my friend's dad used to say that he used the pickup line uh at bars where he went up to girl when he was talking to a girl and he'd be like hey do you want to get breakfast tomorrow <laughs> he'd be like sure and he'd be like should i call you or should i nudge you <laughs> oh my goodness ever wow. work? um you know i feel like when you're hearing a story from a dad it worked every time yeah. it probably worked yeah, it, does, it, it does probably feel never like it worked. worked once <laughs> uh anyways um george payton did not give nathaniel hackett a contract even though it seems like they had a a good time nine hours uh, is a long time to spend with someone and how long was his first interview three or four hours yeah it's even everyone was a between like three said, to four hours so we're talking about 13 hours yep. together mm -hmm. well if mm -hmm. uh, george payton said he was going to do his due diligence and be thorough i'd say it's pretty thorough right now so i think that this makes dan quinn firmly back in the driver's seat for this job i think there was a moment there last night where it was like hey look if he never leaves it's you know like dan quinn lost his chance um and i wonder like i'd love to be inside the mind of george payton was he ever in that moment thinking i should hand a contract over to him right now or was he thinking all along i want to spend a lot of time with him but i still need to get dan quinn in the building it'd be interesting to know and we probably never will um but Would it surprise you though if he if he decided to kind of make that impulse move and say, give him the contract now. Because Peyton seems so process-driven and so methodical about how he goes about his decision-making that it would honestly really surprise me if he just kind of said, okay, let's do this right now. I think it would have been obvious. It would have been something not a spur-of-the-moment thing. It would have been him saying, we're bringing Nathaniel Hackett in, and if he impresses me like he did in the first one then we're going to lock him in because he jumped in my book he jumped dan quinn that's what peyton would say so mm. i agree with you mace it wouldn't just be him getting blown away with by something nathaniel hackett said but i wouldn't have been surprised uh if initially if they did just give a contract to him last night because he was their number one but none of us thought that he was their number one so i don't think any of us are surprised that he left without a contract so then does that mean that he's off the table if if you come for a second interview you fly all the way to denver you leave is he done I wouldn't say done, but I would say very close to it. Yep. I expect mm -hmm. the next head coach of the Denver Broncos to not leave uh, their second. Whoever it is, they're not leaving their second interview without a contract, without some news breaking, um, probably without a press conference, although some, some guys say, you know, hey, I want to fly home, grab my family, and fly back. Maybe they'll just fly the family out. It just depends on who it is and when they're going to do the press conference, when it all happens. But we would know before we that. We would know we before We wouldn't, that. like, wait till they brought their family back. and then Right, 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 yeah. right. So 
that to me is what's going to happen. Um, it puts Nathaniel Hackett essentially on the back burner. Yep. On the hack burner. Yep, exactly. Um, and oh. so he's going to, he's got a lot of, he's kind of, it's, you know, it's kind of like when you don't control your own destiny in the playoffs, you need a little help. Um, and that could be where I want to go with this conversation next. Dan Quinn is now the driver is in the driver's seat, in my opinion, but all of a sudden a big job just opened up in a division that Dan Quinn has coached before. The question is, are the new Orleans saints a team that is interested in Dan Quinn because they, you know, they've played against him before. Well, what I'm seeing right now, just from national people, mm -hmm. is that the New Orleans Saints job instantly becomes a very attractive job. Aren't they in cap hell? They're, they in, they're in cap hell. They're mm -hmm. in quarterback hell because Jameis Winston, a guy that before he got hurt last year was 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's pretty good to build off. But he's a free agent, so he's not even included in the $74 million in negative cap space they're in right now. So it, it is tough, but you do take over a good roster. I mean, look at look at what the Saints did last year without uh, a quarterback for half the season. They still almost made the playoffs there. So that's what some national people are saying. I think there's some more enticing jobs out there. But if that's one of the most attractive destinations, then it certainly, you would think, would draw some of the top competitors there. And Dan Quinn is one of the top candidates, if not the top candidate on the market. Of course, if they want to use this year as a reset year. And look, I, you know, the, the, you can do a lot of things with the cap, but the Saints are evidence that you can do plenty of, of manipulation of it, but eventually it catches up with you at some point down the line. Well, the Saints might be in a position to say, let's write off this year. Let's maybe even look at some of these contracts and you'd have to probably either wait for after June 1st to trade or cut guys, but maybe you use this year to kind of clear the deck. And maybe if they're if they're playing 4D chess here, do they say tank? Let's tank, <laughs> and, and I, let's get and 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 let's put ourselves in a position for Young or Stroud in 2023. That's if they're thinking three moves ahead, that might be the play here. And then whoever they hire at coach kind of goes in knowing that this year is just a write-off year. Couldn't that, especially learning from Zach Taylor, how I don't think he had an intentional tank mm. year his first season, but then mm. he got Joe Burrow, and look, mm. now he's in the playoffs. Now he's one yeah. of the final four teams. Couldn't that make this actually a very enticing job right now is if they say that to one of these mm. coaches, and I'm not saying it's Dan Quinn, but they could attract a good coach by kind of having that. Just don't worry well, about this year. It's what you tell them. Right, don't yep. and here's five years five years guaranteed. Yes. How about this? This is my tinfoil hat theory. What if that's their plan all along? Sean Payton actually isn't done, but he said, I don't want to be a part of a tank job. I don't want that on my resume, yeah. so I'm going to step away for a year. You guys just promote someone from within. Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator. There you go. He tanks. Then I come back when we have Bryce Young. This is like Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> when he had back surgery. And Duke wasn't a great team that year, and he stepped away. And, and then he managed to get the 2-14 and 14 record in conference play put on the poor interim coach, Pete Gaudet, yes. rather than him. Because usually it's supposed to go on your name if you kind of step away for health reasons. But he got the 2-14 and 14 record pawned off on his lieutenant. What he had That's to like the, appeal to like the yes. official stat committee. He for literally, this? he literally did it. There, there literally was an appeal involved. So does like Gary Kubiak have that Joe D. Camillus loss on his record? Uh, but yes, 
Interesting. Like in, in NFL, mm. NFL, NFL parlance. I mean, if you want, you can go through and take it out. But Kubiak was still the head coach of the team. Now, if you're fired, then then obviously it's done. Right. Right. right but right. you're still under the employ and of the team, and there's an interim coach. Then it goes on your record. Interesting. Yeah. So if if Dan Quinn, who so like Jack Del Rio's games in in thirteen, going John Fox's lecture. Mm. So if if Dan Quinn, who just got a second interview, or the the Bears just hired a general manager, put in a request to have Dan Quinn have a second interview with them, I would expect the Giants to also have a second interview with Dan Quinn. I'd expect the Broncos will have a second interview with Dan Quinn at some point this week. If the Saints call Dan Quinn and say, we want you in this week, do you take it? So you're already in the second interviews with three other teams. Are you going to go to square one with a fourth team? I think it can only help you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It only gives you more negotiating power. And that's where maybe something we haven't talked about enough with this Dan Quinn situation. I think he's absolutely the Broncos' favorite. And I actually think the Broncos are his favorite. But he's got a lot of negotiating power here. So are the Broncos going to be willing to write the check that he's going he's gonna to command? You know what makes it easy to do that? When you're writing someone else's check. When you have someone else's checkbook. And that's what the Broncos are doing right now. They're playing with someone else's money. I don't think there's any reason the Broncos shouldn't be able to keep up with anyone. Because the owner of the Giants, that's his check that he's writing. Let's say the Broncos, you know, are willing to pay $7 million a year. And mm. the Giants, well, if they're going to pay him 10 in order to get him, that's their money. Joe Ellis is going to be writing whatever check it is of someone else's money. Mm. Yeah, someone that's not even alive. <laughs> that's mm. someone that's not. Well, that's true. But also, mm. I mean, the new owner, the next owner is going to have to take over this. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's especially true. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how exactly that works with when you pay the coach and that sort of thing. But I would think that contract, contract would just d- roll over to it, the next owner. It does. So it, does it, it, But is it paid by? So would the Bowen side not pay anything because our coach contracts paid out the same way player contracts are once, by week yeah once and obviously you can kind of guarantee the, the money but once that once the ownership takes over they're responsible for everything after that i think that the question is is there a signing bonus like with a that's where it would be interesting like a, a signing bonus an initial guarantee for a player is that on is that on the team current ownership the or current ownership or the next ownership but it doesn't work that way with a coach. You're just giving him a contract. Right, and it's fully guaranteed. Right. So that's there, there's no bonus. It's just so, guaranteed all the way through. So it would so, pass to the next owner. And that probably even – I don't know how coach uh, contracts are paid out. I don't know if they get game checks like players. They're um, paid year-round. Okay, so they're paid year-round, which kind of BS. Mm-hmm. Um, but – then so there would have a couple paychecks that come out, out of the current side of things probably but you're talking hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars exactly. not 50 million it's kind of crazy yeah that it Joe is. Ellis, i mean joe Ellis could say like let's say dan quinn was joe Ellis's buddy yeah he could just be like yeah we're giving you 10 years 100 mil yeah he, he could mm-hmm. he, now, he absolutely could and the new the new owner would have no i mean the only thing is that could hurt the value of the franchise, I guess. It's not going to, though. Right. It's, when you're talking multi-billion dollars, that's not going to. So it really is crazy how the Broncos are truly playing with someone else's money right now. Now, maybe there's something that the Giants or a team with a steady owner could offer that the Broncos couldn't, I don't know, equity in the team or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure if they could do that, but I'm sure there are some advantages to having that owner and also not the uncertainty because Dan Quinn could know, okay, uh, I'm going to get my $100 million, but I want to be the 
coach at this next place. I don't want to get fired again. And a new owner could come in and say, I just paid $5 billion for this team. Yeah, I'll give you $90 million, which would still be crazy, but it could happen. To go away, yeah. Um, by the way, leading candidate for the job in New Orleans, Dennis Allen. Yeah, makes Ma- sense. Makes sense. And- give me that tinfoil hat, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's all happening. They yeah. want to tank. Sean Payton doesn't want it on his resume. Yeah, that would be pretty good. And Sean Payton, he's going to be making plenty of money as a broadcaster somewhere. I saw, Mace, before the show, you were talking about how he could go to Amazon to do Thursday Night Football. There was also a report that just came out that said if Troy Aikman leaves for, mm-hmm. for Amazon to do Thursday Night Football, he would be <laughs> the top guy to replace Troy Aikman at Fox. I mean, at what point are we just going to have Drew Brees and uh, – and uh, Sean sucks. Payton on the call. <laughs> Drew <Brees> sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the other thing also, Payton, his home, he'll relocate to Dallas. That's where his home base is right now. And so get ready for a year of speculation about Sean Payton taking a year off and then replacing Mike McCarthy in Dallas. I think that's more, far more likely than the step away from the Saints for a year and then come back to save the day after a tank season. And and what we you, Oh, no, you go ahead. Uh, well, what I was going to say is some people are saying, well, maybe he's making that leap right now to Dallas, to the Raiders who have that open job that he may be interested in. And uh, maybe the possible. Broncos have mm-hmm. said it isn't possible where Without he could just retire. Exactly. The Broncos would have, or any other team would have to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Broncos want to bring Sean Payton in with Rodgers or Russ, they're just simply not going to have the capital. No team's going to have the capital to do that because you're going to have to give up, what, two first-round picks? That's what we saw John Gruden get traded for, one first-round pick at least. And then there's your first-round picks that you're going to trade for Russ or Rodgers. So for the Broncos, Not allowed unless you have a quarterback. Exactly. Do Mm -hmm. not – yeah, you can't trade first-round picks unless you have a quarterback. So Broncos, don't expect that Mm -hmm. to happen. Like May said, I don't expect it to happen with any team this year. Maybe it does happen next year. And the interesting thing also with Peyton – He's got three more years left on his deal. It goes through 2024. So he's retiring today, but for the length of that contract, if a team wanted him, they would have to so, they'd have to get the blessing of the Saints. Maybe this is a conversation to actually dive into another day, but if mm-hmm. the Saints are tanking, which kind of feels like they are, but maybe that's just my tinfoil hat. Makes all the sense in the world. Who are the targets and what would it cost? Because I assume they're going to be trying to... to accumulate first round picks by trading off you know uh solid assets ryan so, rams check for garrett bulls yeah see that, that doesn't make sense <laughs> for them but maybe ryan ram check for a first yeah. which again you can't do unless you have a quarterback yeah um well, he's a right tackle there you go mm-hmm. you don't need bobby massey anymore yeah bobby massey was good um Last thing I want to get to here is a quick super chat we got um, that that I think is just good to touch on today. Uh, from Edward, are the Broncos interviewing Quinn today? Not that we know of. Yeah, not that we know of. And what we know is yesterday we found out before noon that Nathaniel Hackett was on his way to Denver at, I believe, 1147 or something like that is when his flight touched. Right now it is 1224. I would imagine if they wanted nine hours with Nathaniel Hackett, They'll want nine hours with Dan Quinn, so I'd imagine it's going to be a full day. But like I said about Dan Quinn, he has officially got a second interview request from the Bears, which is which is fascinating because the Bears just hired their general manager today, and Dan Quinn already on that list of second interviews. I expect that the Giants will want a second interview with him. And then, of course, we know the Broncos want to bring him in. 
But what's the holdup? I mean, there, there's really no reason that he couldn't have been brought in today for a second interview. I kind of expected that or tomorrow to happen because, again, the longer he's out there, the more likelihood is that another team could swoop in. Now the Saints could swoop in if they wanted. The Bears could now schedule an interview with him tomorrow instead of the Broncos getting in tomorrow. And we know, especially with second interviews, if they get you in the building and they like you, they're not going to let you leave without a contract unless you really don't like him. But it doesn't make sense for Dan Quinn to take a second interview with the Bears or the Giants if he says there's no way I'm going to take this job. The longer this drags on, the more I think Kevin O'Connell is in the driver's go. seat. Oh. Because if, what if the Bears get their second interview with Dan Quinn tomorrow? Yep, it could happen. If you allowed that to happen, you are okay with him not being your coach. Yep, yep. And or, I, But what if you get it, you try to get in tomorrow? And we know the Broncos use a couple of uh, jet services at a Centennial. Um, I don't know anything more than oh this. Oh, my God. There is a NetJets flight scheduled for tomorrow going into Centennial from Love Field in Dallas to Centennial, landing at 930 in the morning. Oh, the tr Nathaniel track it's at don't, it again. Don't, don't know who's on it, just right. saying. And with According that, to Flight Aware, it's there is a there is a love field to Centennial flight on the docket. That what absolutely if it gets canceled. That could, he has to go to Chicago. <laughs> and the tough and thing, these things can get canceled. That's the thing; they can change plans just like that, and they can cross it off the schedule. Well, but the, it is it is fun to just mention that. The tough thing with that yeah. too is Dallas. Way more people are coming in from Dallas to Denver. Right. That's that's the thing. Like than Green. We Bay. saw Green Bay. There there aren't many flights from Austin Straubel International Airport to centennial no so we kind of knew <laughs> yeah. love, love field to centennial happens quite quite a bit more often including there was a centennial to love field flight uh, last week when the broncos contingent flew down to dallas so that was the airport they went to though yeah they went to love field all right well that mm. makes it even but better but what's interesting is also i mean i can dive in i think there's another executive airport that's actually closer to frisco where the cowboys have their facility the star that massive place mm. that they built so again maybe he doesn't want to go through let, there let's not uh let's not let's not read too much into that just yet just reporting what i've what i just saw on here i love that, that that's that's the kind of rumor <laughs> mongering i love I know. Um, <laughs> all right uh before we move on i want to remind you guys that this saturday at the dnvr bar we are hosting the goaties now this is going to be really cool for us and you if you come because we started the goaties a few years ago uh, with the idea of like doing an award show and then as soon as we got the bar we were like what if we did it in person then obviously last year happened we weren't able to do it in person that year um but this year we are doing it in person and we've got a really fun award show slash live show planned for you guys it's going to be different than really anything you've ever seen us do, uh, do. If you come to the bar, you're going to be able to interact with us on the show. We're going to have a bunch of different games that you, we're going to play. Come down at 6. You're going to be able to come up here if you want to like take pictures on the set. It's going to be really fun, really interactive night. Uh, and we're going to reveal the winners uh, for all of the 2021 Goaties. So that should be exciting, too. Uh, come down, hang out, have some beers. And, uh, and come meet us. And another bonus to that is you, you get in 48 hours-ish before we release it to everyone else that's not here because exactly. that show will be live here, but then we'll drop it on Monday after that. Exactly, yeah. So if you want to, if you can't make it to the bar on Saturday, then you can watch the, uh, the Goaties show 
on YouTube on Monday. And if you want 56 to 1 odds, check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. They're giving you 56 to 1 odds on these conference championship games this Sunday. All you have to do is bet $5 on one team to win this week. And if they win, you get $280 in free bets. That's 56 to 1 odds, which then you can use on the Super Bowl. You can use the next few days as well on any sport. And if you use Ryan's DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week last night, you cashed because the Avs won Bingo. 2-0. They covered that spread by half a goal. So, boom, they did it for you, Ryan. And, of course, Mason eyes are still out for this weekend. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get 56-1 to 1 odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. to so DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My pick, actually, it isn't outstanding because I picked – Carolina Virginia Tech last night. Oh, of course. And Carolina got the win. And of course, I wanted Carolina to win. So my pick was wrong, but I was happy that Mm. my team won. So my bonus pick of the week is North Carolina against Boston College Wednesday night. Take Boston College. Yeah, (laughs) keep it rolling. Uh, I emotionally hedged like you uh, on the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Big mistake on my part. Didn't emotionally hedge enough. Didn't feel good at all after the game. Oh, man. Are you going to emotionally hedge this week, too? Oh, man, the problem is it's kind of hard to emotionally hedge because the spread is so big. So right. like you can he- like you don't want to hedge on the spread right. because then you expose yourself to losing your bet and the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to kind of go on the money line and the money line has got to be over minus 200. Oh, it is. So that's a tough one to hedge, yeah. but I might figure out a way. Yep. It's- yep. I mean, just parlay that with uh, if you think the Rams are going to win. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you talk about emotional hedges. If you, want, if you want to take the edge off your emotions, why don't you check out the things available over at Lightshade Dispensary. You can use the code DNVR and get 25% off each purchase. And you can go to lightshade.com to shop online and then pick up at your nearest location. They're all over the front range with 10 locations in the Denver area, soon to be 11. Lightshade offers something for everyone from the casual cannabis connoisseur or consumer to the connoisseur of cannabis they've got a premium selection of cannabis concentrates top shelf flour edibles tinctures accessories and more they've got they've got escape artists that is the highest awarded topical brand in colorado which prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in one to one and high ratio cbd 20 to one light shade has you covered with the stuff from escape artists they always use the best materials and ingredients to deliver a premium experience the 800 800 creams from escape artists they're the highest potency creams available they're great for deep muscle muscle tissue discomfort they're non-greasy non-staining fast absorbing and take effect in 10 minutes or less with benefits that last up to two or three hours if you've got a nagging muscle pain stuff like stuff like this a cream with some cbd is really going to help you out so that'll make you feel better it's made me feel better so check that out from escape artists over at light shade dispensary 10 locations in the denver area go to lightshade.com to order pick up from your nearest location and use the code dnvr and get 25 percent off over at light shade dispensary all right well let's talk a little more about dan quinn versus kevin o'connell who to me now that nathaniel hackett has left are the two main candidates are you of are you in agreement with me that if this dan quinn interview doesn't happen tomorrow uh it doesn't happen before he gets a second interview somewhere else 
then Kevin O'Connell becomes the front runner. Yeah, the Broncos are okay saying bye. Yep. And and something that that I've heard the past few days is that Dan Quinn, not everyone is on board with him in the Broncos of being his number of, about being the number one. And I don't know if that's George Payton still thinking he's the number one. Maybe George Payton's the one that's come off of him. And so that makes it very very interesting about about uh, what the Broncos do because that does mean if, especially if it's George Payton and Dan Quinn's his number one guy George Payton is the one should be the one making the decision it's what we've been told so then Dan Quinn probably still will get that job this week but let's say George Payton has come off him a little bit and he is interested in hearing about others well he kind of already knows what Dan Quinn is so why would he let Nathaniel Hackett leave last night if Nathaniel Hackett was his two. And then I think it really opens the door for Kevin O'Connell. And we had someone here in the comments section, and I think they said it is a negative thing, but they said O'Connell hasn't got much interviews elsewhere. Well, that's a good thing for the Broncos. That mm. means that maybe their chances of getting him next week, if he's their number one, are very high. I don't view that as a negative. The reason I think Kevin O'Connell isn't getting as many interviews as Dan Quinn is he doesn't have experience, and it is more of a gamble. But you mm-hmm. know what? You know who didn't get an interview in Denver? Sean, Sean McVay. Yes, he was not being interviewed by everyone uh, because he was this not very well-known guy with no experience. So I'm totally okay with that. Did Sean, how many places did Sean McVay interview? I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah. So I have to look that up. I don't either. I can either. look that up. Um, I'm trying to remember. it. I, Kyle Shanahan, I think, came to Denver, left without a contract, went to San Francisco, and it was done. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Rams and 49ers. Is <laughs> that the same yes. cycle? It was. Yeah, 2017, yep. Yep. Oh, wow. McVay, Kyle, were McVay, right Kyle Shanahan, were, and Vance Joseph were the same cycle. Yep. Is there anyone else there? In 2017? Yeah. Um, there had to have been. I mean, the Broncos also interviewed uh, Dave Tobe from Kansas City. I remember that? Yeah. He didn't obviously land there, who, who was the third? No, I guess it was Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Uh, the third interview the Broncos had was Shanahan. That was it. It was just three. So... 2017 coach hiring cycle. Three compared to now the Broncos are down to three. Yeah, uh, our guy Yaya says uh, he wants O'Connell because he's the best looking. Just keep that hat on, Kevin. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the the hat certainly does help. But it seems like he is a hat guy most of the time. Yeah, he's like a solid nine with the hat on. He's the opposite of Sean McVay. You know, Sean's never got a hat on. He wants to show that hair off. Kevin's like, I look better with this hat on. (laughs) So Buffalo hired Sean McDermott in the 2017 cycle. That's an L for the Broncos. So the Broncos are the only team that took an L in that cycle? Yeah, the Broncos got Vance Joseph. The Jaguars got Doug oh, Marone, okay. who, by the way, is a name you should keep your eye on if Nathaniel Hackett yeah. becomes a head coach, even though Marone was part of letting go of Hackett back in 2018. But, uh, you know, th- those things sometimes get forgiven. The Rams hired Sean McVay. They also interviewed uh, Anthony Lynn, Mike oh, Vrabel. And Anthony Lynn went to the Chargers. And uh, Kyle Shanahan. So they took an L. Chargers yep. took an L. AFC West looking strong here. That's yeah. good. Yeah, so Anthony Lynn, like I, like I mentioned, 49. Uh, 49ers uh, were going to interview, uh, or actually they did interview Josh McDaniels, but then McDaniels chose to take a step back. And then, of course, uh, the Niners got Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah. I think the Niners so, were also going to interview Vance Joseph if he left Denver. Yep. So yep. you had the Niners with Shanahan, the Chargers with Anthony Lynn, the Rams with Sean McVay, the Buffalo Bills with Sean McDermott, and the Jaguars with Doug Marone. Eventually that failed 
but they got to an AFC championship game with Doug Marone. Mm. The Chargers got to the playoffs with Anthony Lynn. So the Broncos were the, the only team in that cycle that did not hire a coach that got into the playoffs. Yikes. And, of course, that then happened again in this past coaching search. Yeah. So my question to you guys, especially after going over this and thinking about, well, what if Vance Joseph had his interview with San Francisco before Kyle Shanahan did, and would they have not let Vance Joseph leave the building? And just thinking about things like that, mm. do you guys want – the Broncos to get their second interview with Dan Quinn before anyone else, or do you want to risk it? And uh, I, essentially what I'm saying is, do you want another team to pluck Dan Quinn before the Broncos can? This is so hard because my, my heart, I don't really know which part of my body is telling me this. <laughs> there is a part of my Above body that is telling yeah. me that Dan Quinn is going to do a really good job wherever he ends up. Okay. But, it goes so so far against my philosophy, which is just like, get the young offensive guy. You're behind the times. You've screwed this up two times in a row. Stop messing around and just go get your guy. But he kind of, he acts young, though. And I mean that in a good way. Like, he's not quite Pete Carroll, but there's a little of that Pete Carroll energy totally. in him that, that belies his 50-something age. My gut is telling me, don't hire Dan Quinn. My head is telling me hire Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. and that's, what does your gut? What does your gut tell you in 2017 and 2019 with the Broncos? 2017, I was too closely removed from being at CU, so I did want Vance <laughs> Joseph. Um, but I also really liked Kyle Shanahan. Like yeah. that was the thing. Um, I was. But you a were little, cool with VJ. You liked you liked the hire. Yeah, and I also talked to like I had like a cool article talking to all these people that had worked with Vance, and they all yeah. loved him. Okay. Um, but I, I was also worried about the nepotism in the Broncos organization. It was like everything has to be a Kubiak or an Elway or a Shanahan or a, mm-hmm. a Bolin, you know. Um, so that was a little bit hesitant, and obviously mm-hmm. I was wrong there. Um, the next coaching cycle, I really – so it was Zach Taylor. I think of the people they interviewed, I wanted Zach Taylor the mm-hmm. most. Um, and then I was big on Cliff Kingsbury, who – wasn't on their radar. Wasn't on their radar at all, and who knows what's going to happen with him in the NFL. So what do you want George Payton to hire on, head or gut? He should go with his gut. I, I think so, too. I think so, too, because I think if you go with your head, it's a safe play. It is the safe it, play. It's a safe play. Mm-hmm. If you go with your gut, you are rolling the dice. Sometimes you can you know throw up because your gut makes you feel really bad, mm-hmm. and that's not good. Other yeah. times, you can, you can hit a home run, and, and I think that's what this is going to come down to for George Payton. I think his head is telling him, safe play. If, if we get Dan Quinn in here, things are going to be stable. stable. We, we, we may still be 8-9, and nine, but things behind the scenes are going to be a lot more calm, and then that's something we can build on. The next year we can be 9-8, and eight, and we can get this thing going in the right direction. Whereas I think, I think his gut, and I think that's why Kevin O'Connell is still in here, is saying, man, I think he's the next Sean McVay. Do I take the gamble because as he can be the next Sean McVay, he could also be the next Josh McDaniels. Gut feelings can lead to indigestion. So I'm always going to go with the head over the gut. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we make a good balance on this podcast. And, and, I, and honestly, like Vic Fangio, I think that was actually a gut hire because when he did, when he did the interview, the thing that kind of stuck and, and really kind of I made him the favorite was the whole death by anxious thing. And what the reason why what that joke that was. Yeah, but the reason why that resonated is 
as as we learned in the wake of that 2018 season, we learned about like players coming in late for meetings and mm-hmm. no one getting fined, no no one caring. That there was kind there was definitely a loss of control, a lot of little little things like that. And so when Fangio was talking about kind of the death by inches, that really struck a chord with John Elway and the people that were there interviewing with him. And, and that's and frankly. When Fangio had the interview, I think going in, there was a really good chance the coach was going to be Mike Munchak. But Fangio had kind of the had the line and the sentiment that actually matched what John Elway and company thought was wrong with the Broncos under Vance Joseph. The Broncos would be in a better place right now if they hired Mike Munchak. I think they yeah, would too. Absolutely, I agree with that. So, you know, maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think that if you're George Payton, you got to go with your gut. Uh, and if your gut is telling you Kevin O'Connell could be the next big thing or is the next big thing, that's what your gut is telling you, then go with it. Um, but there are head reasons to go with O'Connell. No, there Look, are. Looking at, at how the other McVay assistants have done. Well, it can't be only gut and, or, only, right. or only your head. But what I'm what, what I would tell George Payton is, this isn't your only chance. So this is your best chance to take a chance. Mm. And if you're wrong on this one, then you know you'll learn your lesson, and next time you'll go a little safer. Do you know? Do you really think it might? You really think it? It's it won't be his only chance, though. No, I think he'll get two two coach hires, even with a new new ownership coming in, because that that's the variable that kind of. If he keeps hitting the, on the draft click, like he is, yeah, he'll be here for a while. Here's okay. here's the thing, though. This is what John Elway and Joe Ellis should be telling him. They should be telling him. Take a chance. Take a chance. Because then you know what? If this coach turns out to be the next Sean McVay, the next Mike Shanahan, the next big thing. They can all yep, John, write that John, on their John, resume. Yeah, John and Joe were in the interview process. If this guy turns out to be Dan Quinn with the Atlanta Falcons, and let's say he has that career, uh, John Elway and Joe aren't going to be remembered for being in the building during that because you got a good head coach. But at the end of the day, he was like a 500 head coach. So that would that may be some influence coming in from there. Someone in the comments said, why are you looking for the next Sean McVay? What has he done other than motion every play? Well, he hands the motions off occasionally. Yeah, exactly. So Well, also, <laughs> no, you know, kidding. he's had success yeah. every single season. He made yep. the Super Bowl with Jared Goff as his quarterback. His second year coaching, he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. The Rams, who were a dumpster fire. One of the most efficient offenses every season. Yeah. You know, all, basically Turn, everything you could want. Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback, but he just got in his first year with him. He just got him to his best season ever. He he elevates everyone. What did he just make? Cooper Cup, the one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. The only thing you could really be wanting more is a Super Bowl. And if you're looking for that, well, you could have interviewed Doug Peterson, Doug. but they didn't even do that. <laughs> Uh, and it doesn't even sound like he's going to get a job this cycle, at least just based on the vibes. Freaking crazy. Yeah. So there's, there's, I yeah. think he's got personality issues that people don't vibe with. I think he definitely has personality <laughs> issues. Um, so there you go. I mean, you definitely want the next Sean McVay the same way you want the next Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Both of those guys come from the same coaching tree. One isn't off the other's coaching tree, but they both come from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Mm-hmm. So technically, if you're hiring Kevin O'Connell, you're getting someone from the parent tree yep. of Mike Shanahan. Yep. That's a pretty good baby to have there. Yes. <laughs> I'd still give Mike Shanahan a call, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you not at the Ring of Fame thing? <laughs> what? I mean. It didn't really sound like he could put together sentences How old is he? Is he 76? 
I have no idea. Is he he turns old? he turns seventy this year. He turns okay. seventy this year. I mean, he okay. I, I I he did he sounded like somebody who'd had a drink or two and was having a good time. Interesting. That wasn't the vibe I got, but the, I don't the, know. Him. The vibe I get on Mike Shanahan is, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't work for the 49ers, but he is certainly very close to the 49ers and is somebody that Kyle Shanahan leans on. Which is an incredible resource. And we see also how involved he is with everything in the in the QB collective. Yep. Now, that's probably that that's look, I don't think Mike Shanahan's coaching again because I think he's found his niche with the, the QB collective, and that's going to be his legacy. And he and he regards that very strongly. But it just seems like we talk about all these coaches off the tree. Like, you know, the OG's right here. Yeah. Eventually, you know. He's, Mike Shanahan's not coaching, and yet he's more relevant than ever. So then you <laughs> – do you want Peyton Manning to be the quarterback as well? It's a little different. It's different it with different. coaches. But what? I just I will I say think I think you can go you can be a Super Bowl coach literally in your seventies. It's you been done. I just don't <laughs> think that I don't think going older is the move by any stretch Let's, of the Yeah, mind. you want you want kind of uh, young and hot, but it's just it's fascinating to me that like I it's all everything connects back to Mike Shanahan. And that that's just my out of the box. If I were George Payton, my out of the box thing would be like Oh, Mike, you want to give it another go here? The answer would almost certainly be no, but I'd, yeah, I'd let him say no. Sometimes the parent tree doesn't have as much fruit on it anymore as some of the other trees that have sprouted up around it. Hey, he, he's retirement age. He, yeah, I, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I, re, I don't even think he would want the job. I don't think so either. I just think it, we, we have all these talk about people connected to Mike Shanahan, and I'm like, oh, Mike, you know. Mike Shanahan is, you know, very, very well regarded around here. Plenty of connections around here. So, I mean, he'd certainly be able to plug in his offense and yeah. get that thing humming. But I would just worry about his ability to connect with the players. And I, I would worry more about him being in personnel. I, and that was what felled Mike Shanahan totally. here down the stretch. Always said, Mike Shanahan, the GM, failed Mike Shanahan, the coach. Yep, yep. that's what got him fired. Right. Was the GM there's no side. question. There's no question. He never lost the ability to coach. And I still believe that. I think Jay Cutler had a chance to be a Hall of Famer if those two stayed together forever. Yep, I think so too. If they'd never trade Clinton Portis, and that was a great trade to get Champ Bailey, Clinton Portis would have been a Hall of Famer, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And now Clinton Portis is going to jail. That yep. sucks. That's sad. Yep. Yeah. That's sad. What's All right, well, going? we talked about sexy coaches. What about sexy pizza? Mm. Uh, a true Denver establishment, 13 years in the Denver community. Uh, and they're interested in taking care of the Denver community, too, with their philanthropies. These are specially made pies where a portion of the proceeds goes to charity every single time you buy one. Get delicious food. Give back to the Denver community. Support a local Denver business. It's pretty much, you know, the trifecta there. Uh, and even better, you add the quadfecta. They support us. Uh, so supporting them is supporting us as well. We really love the people over at Sexy Pizza, uh, and the pizza is delicious. So hit up our friends over there. Get yourself a 12, 16, or 18-inch pie and enjoy that delicious, sexy pizza. And if you want to really enjoy something, you're going to love the signs over at Saturday Neon. They are the coolest neon signs out there, and they've got it rolling for your college teams. They have awesome ones for the buffs, awesome ones 
for the Rams, and they are just expanding all of the colleges and teams that they do because they want to have you represent your school, your team, and your house, your man cave, your bedroom. Literally, there's not a bad place you can play. You can put it in your kitchen, and it is going to be so cool because they are the coolest neon signs out there. And something that's extra cool is if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 10% off this purchase. If you want to blow someone away with a gift, get them a Saturday neon sign. So check them out over at Saturday Neon and use that code DNVR for 10% off. All right, let's move on here. Do we have any super chats we got to still hit? Let's go one here. Uh, from Alaska Preston, glad to see y'all warm. Looks like home outside. Yeah, you can probably see a little bit through the windows yeah. there. That it is nice and bright and white out there. And slushy. Definitely slushy. Yeah, the, the, the roads are... Uh, slushy better than icy. Tree. Man, yes. this is playoff football to me right here. I, I love this. I would love keep it away. Speak, keep, yeah. keep your snow away from my <laughs> offense. Speak, well, speak for yourself. You know what? The Bucks lost on Sunday, but that was an that was a perfect day. It was like fifty six degrees. I couldn't believe how good the sunny. grass looked there. It was yeah. like in perfect condition. They, that's considered by many, except Aaron Rodgers, who thinks it's too soft. But a lot of people consider that the best field in the NFL. Interesting. What's, too, look, why would Aaron Rodgers care if it's too soft? That's you know things. They're he's persnickety, right? So. True. <laughs> but yeah, Tampa has had great. I could fields. see like Tyree yeah. Hill complaining about yes. that. Yes, yeah. right. Tampa's had great fields going back to the old Tampa Stadium. They've always had. It's got to be the climate. The, the climate helps. Uh, what they do, they're also very. They're very meticulous about it. The Bucks share the field with the University of South Florida, but they resod it constantly to make sure that it's in good shape, despite all the wear that it gets. But yeah, it, it looked like the Rose Bowl field. I mean, when we turn on the Rose Immaculate. Bowl every New Year's Day. And we rave at how it looks, how, like you said, immaculate, and how well it's painted. Like the Bucks, they painted the end zones red. They had the big logo at midfield. It was midfield. really good. It, that, that looked like a field ought to look. And then the weather was perfect. For me, everything was perfect but the result. Yeah. You know, be, be, you know uh, yeah, just cool enough to put on a sweater or a sweatshirt. <laughs> That's that's football weather. That is a football day. No, give, give me this weather outside here in Kansas City this week as opposed to the uh, it, it's not even a dome. What do they call it? The open air stadium in LA? Uh, SoFi. Yes. No, no, no. It's, but what it's called like a It's like an open air dome open air. or something. It's yeah. a car it's basically a big carport. But what what is it called? I, I there is a name for it. They I think have it's an open air. It. A canopied stadium? Maybe. Yeah, because that's what it, it's an it's it's not it is not an enclosed stadium. Right. Yeah. People right. people don't understand that. Let's jump into the comments from the listeners here. If you want your comments read on the show, all you got to do is become a member at the DNVR dot com. Uh, we always appreciate that. Also, while we're talking about this stuff, hit us with a like on the video. You guys have been crushing it and our views have been up. We appreciate that so much. So every like helps, uh, you know, boost us up the algorithm. You can, of course, subscribe so you never miss us and sign up for alerts uh, so you never miss you a time. Really? When we never go miss live. Us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's get it here from uh, Omaha. I feel more confident today than I did last April on draft day that Rodgers will be a Bronco. To me, this is why Hackett got a second interview. Mm, and there was Ian Rappaport. I believe he was on the Pat McAfee show today and was asked about what if Nathaniel Hackett leaves to go to a different team. And the report, what, or what he said was that the, the Packers would promote Luke Getze and that he believed that that would make Aaron Rodgers happy enough to continue to stay in Green Bay. Meaning that if Nathaniel Hackett goes somewhere, it's not like that's going to be enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, I want to follow him. So that's definitely something you want to keep 
in mind because if in the back of your mind the main reason you want to hire Nathaniel Hackett is for Aaron Rodgers, Rappaport, what he's saying, would disagree with that. Yeah, that's a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't hire him thinking to get Aaron. Yes, absolutely not. Nope, you hire the coach, and then if it turns out that there is a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers that follows, oh, my goodness, did you hit the jackpot. Yeah, and, it, you know, there are times where you can do stuff like this. Like, I understand drafting a guy in the fifth round because you might attract his brother to come over in free agency or something sure. like that. There are certain things where you can take this risk. I remember, you know, the Buffs um, gave this – wide receiver a scholarship because they thought they could get the quarterback to come with them and the quarterback was committed then on the day of signing day the quarterback decommitted and went somewhere else and they were stuck with his friend um so like there's their time but, but you know it doesn't kill you it's one scholarship out of 85 this is your head coach yep you're stuck with them yep. um so don't make the decision based on that that's a huge bonus you have to be at least in a tie with someone else for me for me to say hey look hey if if it, greater chances to get Aaron Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson mm -hmm. is the tiebreaker. That's fine. Don't make the decision based on that. Right. Exactly. Next one from Broncos Squared. There's obviously a lot that happened outside of the, this particular play. So the point is moot. But should Tyreek Hill have been flagged for his peace sign on his touchdown? I hate the taunting rule regardless. But with how much it was flagged this season, that seemed like a prime opportunity to throw one. Unless the rule is set for anything that happens after a play. I don't know, but I know I loathe Hill. Hopefully karma comes back on him after again like last year. Can't wait for more three-ring circus. You guys make being a Broncos fan that much better. Thanks for all the work you put in feeding our frenzy. Absolutely should have been a penalty. But by, by the rule book, should it have been? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, here's, what, here's where I have to stand on this. I hate the taunting penalty, so I'm not going to you know moan and groan about it now and be like, you should have thrown it there. That being said, it was taunting, right. and it should it actually is from the spot of the it would be from the spot of the foul, so they would have wiped the touchdown mm -hmm. off the board if they officiated that correctly. Woo, Andy Reid's got to shut that down because you cannot have that these next two yeah. weeks. It was hilarious that he did it when the guy was about four feet ahead of him too. Yeah, I hate Tyreek Hill so much that I, too, I can't yeah. really have any objective <laughs> opinions on anything I with mean, him. The but one, that yeah. one, I'm just like, I can't. I'm not going to yeah. moan and groan on this on Twitter because I've been saying all year. Stop throwing it. So the fact that they didn't throw it in a big moment, <laughs> right. I almost have to say, like, that's – I appreciate that. I mean, I hate the taunting rule, but here's the thing. Last year in the Super Bowl, Antoine Winfield does it to Tyreek Hill. And he got the and, get, and gets penalized. And then Tyreek Hill gets to do it to the Buffalo Bills. And there's no penalty. It's a double standard. And it yeah. sucks. Yeah, it, it totally does. And I don't know if the refs had to answer to that at all because they never have to answer to anything. Refs should like... have to answer for a hell of a lot this postseason. Yes, they should. That was mm – -hmm. Just uh, what because it's like a signature move, it doesn't count. No, right? Everyone gets one signature taunting. That My new count. signature mm -hmm. move is doing the Call of Duty tea bag on quarterbacks after oh, I sack them. Is, wow. that, is that allowed? Okay, okay. Are we doing that? Uh, it's my signature move. You can't flag it. Uh, this is from Pig Tosser sixty six. Well, thank you, RK. Mid sip of my cold brew, listening to my truck. I hear if the Broncos trade for the ninth overall pick for Jimmy G, then I'm quitting. Uh, coffee came right out of my nose. Cold brew kind of burns a bit. Had to clean the steering wheel, too, but oh we got through it. Gosh. That's all I got. You guys are crushing this coaching search. Can't wait to see which of these guys is going to lead us back to relevance. I'm glad I could have that effect on you. Oh, we <laughs> love you, Pit Tosser 60 says. Hope your uh, nose isn't burning as much. Allie always gets mad at me for like making a joke while she's mid-sip. 
And I'm like, I, I, I'm not like paying attention of where you are in your drink to like time my jokes out. So you're used to this. You're used to ma- making people uh, have their drink come through their nose. I don't. I, that feels like I'm patting myself on the back, but I also did it to Big Drive Spence this weekend. Wow. wow. Mile high till I die. He says, I've been on the Dan Quinn train since before Fangio was fired, but I definitely understand the need for an offensive mind. That being said, if we don't hire Quinn, I seriously hope it's Kevin O'Connell and not Nathaniel Hackett. I hate the idea of Hackett coming in here and hiring all his friends from the Jacksonville days. Talk about uninspiring. Give me someone from the Sean McVay tree any day over a coach from the Doug Marone tree. Barf. Yeah, you're making people barf. Now you're making people have things come out of their nose. Uh, Sometimes when you barf, it comes out of your nose. That's the worst. Um, (laughs) um, Matthew Stafford has kind of changed me on this a little bit. But, like, I don't want anyone who has been poisoned by these terrible franchises. Um, Like, it just feels like you go there and your career just dies. Now, there are exceptions. Leonard Fournette came out of there, and he looks much better now. Uh, Matthew Stafford. But there's something about, like, just the the, the well is poisoned there. Which franchises would you say that? Jacksonville. Detroit. Detroit. That's it? Cleveland's out of that now. Yeah. Um... But what about Cleveland back when they were struggling? Because Kyle Shanahan worked a year for the Browns. That's when that's they different. Were... Working what? a year. Did I'm... you see that video that came out? Uh, yes. That resurfaced today uh, of, of Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin, like you know, yeah, telling him, telling him call call <laughs> Ron. And Kyle how old is like, Kyle Shanahan in that video? Like twenty six. He, he is. Like. <laughs> well, let's see. He was born. Let's see. He was um, born because he's like thirty nine, forty now, right? Yeah. So he would have been like early 30s because that was uh, 14. It was because it was the year after the three and 13 season in Washington. Everybody got fired. I mean, Washington's a dump, a dumpster fire, right? Of yeah, an organization. Yeah. And Lafleur, McVeigh, Kyle Shanahan. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not really pointing at Hackett. Yeah. Um, because I'm fine. I think he did a great job there. My thing is like, don't go bring in all the the. Don't go like rebuilding something that didn't work. But you can have roses growing. You know, growing out of. Uh, you know, shit. Basic, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but what? But what yeah. you're saying? Rose is, grows out a pile of weeds. Sometimes that happens. But what you're saying is that poop gets on the, and then grows bacteria <laughs> on the rose. I just, and makes I, it, I would, uh, not I'm attractive. not saying I'm making. You need fertilizer make. though, right? I mean, I'm, basically that's poop. <laughs> real quick, the Mike Patton video is amazing. He looks yeah. at Kyle Shanahan and goes, "I think we should run it here." Kyle just. Gives him like the most blank there, and he just goes, "You know what? I trust you. Just call whatever you want." Next plays a touchdown, uh, a pass, (laughs) yeah, Uh, from Johnny Manziel. Wow, Uh, of all things, amazing, great. Uh, So it's not; it doesn't have to be a be all end all. But the idea of like Nathaniel Hackett and Doug Marone and like it just feels poisoned to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really want Doug Marone. I, I don't want that group back together. I don't either. Next one from UGA Bronco says, hey, y'all love the talk about new uniforms. I think it's time for a refresh and to bring back the old D logo. But I get a little nervous about what new unis could look like. One of the most popular new uniform mocks that I see online that was also posted by someone again under one of our case tweets about wrong answers only what could Peyton and or what could Peyton and Hackett were doing look like way too similar in a Florida Gator uniform for my liking. I don't think I could even wear a jersey that may be mistaken as a lousy gator jersey definitely agree with rk that we should keep with the navy what say y'all well i'd say probably for those who in the uh small crossover on venn diagram of say 
Georgia fans and Florida State fans mm-hmm. that they probably have the objection to that shade of blue with the orange. Everyone, it's probably not a big deal for almost anybody Everyone else. else yeah. And the ones that look, the 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 objection that I get to navy, and I, and I understand it is, you are you are Chicago Bears colors, and if you go with the lighter shade of blue, you are unique. Those with two your, uniforms don't look anything alike to me. Right, but they're the same colors, and that's like the pro- one of the basic problems I have when the is when the Broncos go navy is like they're trying to be like a modern Chicago Bears. See, theirs to me looks a little more midnight blue, and the Broncos are a true navy. I don't know if that adds up on like the mm. Pantone or whatever. The Bears are midnight. Yeah, the Bears are like a darker, deeper blue, and then maybe like a little um, slightly lighter orange or like a more faded orange, whereas the-, the Broncos are like a true navy and like a bright orange i don't know that could just be completely in my head i'm okay with brighter the better for me yeah i i just go full organ ducks i think that if you keep the i like the idea of it's a mesh right you take the colors of the most successful time of your franchise and the design of the most aesthetically pleasing time of your franchise you mesh them together and now you've got a great design so you basically got the color rush template yes i mean i'm in on that I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I I have no objection to it. I just as long as they don't wear all orange and all blue. Like I I would love to see blue jerseys with orange pants. I think that what you'll do is with when you get template. a refresh, you'll yeah. have all these options, right. and they'll be you're gonna you, get all orange you, sometimes. You're gonna get all blue sometimes, but for the most part, you'll probably get the blue on the white or the orange on the white. I mean, I think that I think there'll be some mixing, mixing and matching. The NFL they only make a big stink about what jersey you wear. Pants, they're like, just hey, do whatever the hell you want, basically. Because they're not selling pants. They're only selling jerseys. Give yeah. me the most obnoxious. So all orange, all white, all blue. I love it. <laughs> Next one from Dan Burke says, Hey, guys, I'm not sure if you have touched on this before, but I'm really curious as to why Patrick Smythe is part of the search committee. I know he's one of the best at what he does and very valued in the organization, but is there a specific reason he's part of the hiring process? Yes, there is, and in my opinion, it's because right now he's the second most powerful person in the organization. But and, not, and I'm of the belief that he is going to take Joe Ellis's job pretty much regardless of the next owner. President, CEO sort yep. of role? Yep. But there's a, there's a specific thing that he does in these interviews, though, and that is having a PR background. It's gauging how the coach is going to handle the front-facing aspects of the job. Not deal, not necessarily dealing with the team, but dealing with the media, dealing with the fans. That's what he's kind of g- getting at. Like, how how do you how do you handle how will you handle it when this sort of question comes at you? Mm-hmm. How how important should that be in the hiring process? It's not as important as coaching as coaching skills, but when you are talking about someone who is an organizational leader, it does it does have an impact. And I think, and frankly, that was one of the areas where Vic Fangio fell short. I don't think it personally. I don't think it's important at all because if you win, the fans are gonna like you. But if um, you lose, how do you handle you lose the, criticism? the fans way faster? Yeah, you you mm-hmm. do. But if you lose one year and then you turn around the next year, okay, the fans like you again. If you just keep losing, it it doesn't really matter. So I think Patrick's in there because I think mm-hmm. he's the next president and, and CEO. That he's that important. Well, in he was he was in the last two rounds as well, though. Yeah, he's. Well, I mean, he's always gonna be there. He's also like the right hand man for. Mm-hmm just about anyone in the organization, you know, like he's the one who has the pulse of what mm-hmm. the fans are thinking. He's the one who has the pulse of what the media is thinking. He's just, he's so in the know of everything that's going on surrounding the Broncos. 
anyone that works in that organization wants him around for just about anything. Exactly, exactly. Melbourne Broncos says, hey, guys, is there any chance RK can get one of those famous chicken sandwiches on the set during a podcast for us to all see? <laughs> and please bring back the 80s Denver logo on a royal blue helmet, pants, and jersey. That would look awesome. Cheers. We can maybe pull up like a picture. <laughs> yeah. mm. I've, I've posted some nice pictures of it on Twitter. I mean, it is lunchtime when we do this mm. pod. You know, I'm not going to eat on the <laughs> it's podcast. It's true. It's true. Mike, 1809. Wait, is... we're not going to eat on a pod? We're at a bar and a grill. I know, but that's <laughs> just weird. It, like, you're trying to talk while you're trying to chew into a microphone? Well, since we don't have any radio, we're not a radio station with radio breaks, whereas radio guys maybe will do that because they can eat for five minutes on their, on their break. Yeah, I you think eat it's before or after the Part break. of the charm, is, you know, is... Oh, we're here at the bar, and you can step back from the mic, take a bite. Mm, delicious. And then go just back to talking. Just you trying it right now made it seem like it was not possible. You're like, you gotta, like reach the mic. around. The mic, you know? yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the, well, you put it down here, although I spilled a drink last week. When it's, yeah, this is, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't without risk, fellas. I'm just saying it can Maybe be Maybe we could have like a spread on the table that's just for uh, decoration. I, it, got, it has to be fake because if we're having a full spread that's just mm, smelling, smelling nachos. Uh, yeah. A long time ago, Bob Costas doing uh, the pregame on Super Bowl twenty, they did. They actually did this thing where they called a silent minute. Like they just did. They just no commercials, no hubbub, and they just they just ran a clock counting down for sixty seconds, and then comes back and cut. And there's this huge like table of like snacks, and he's sitting there eating popcorn or something. Oh, well. Welcome back. Mm, interesting. I do so remember hearing like known. like uh, the Rockies broadcasters eating on the broadcast, especially George <laughs> Frazier. You well, know, and you have like, 163 of them. Yeah, he's 62. like, I'm starving. I'm going to eat a hot dog. <laughs> uh, next one's from Mike1809. Fellas, super excited to see how the coaching search concludes. Also, as excited I am to get a new quarterback. Uh, God, that KC Buffalo game shows how badly we need a huge upgrade. I'm going to be sad to see Teddy the person go. His authenticity, leadership, and character are so refreshing and inspiring. How does character uh, factor into QB evaluations? Obviously, I'd love to have A.A. Ron, even though he's a diva, but if we go a different route, especially looking at the draft for quarterback, how important is looking for Teddy-like character in the evaluation process? I'll say this. The more unproven you are, the more important character and charisma and all of that other stuff factors in. Now, if you can't play, you can't play. None of it matters. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at two guys, both are close, and you're saying, look, this guy strikes us me as more of a leader, more of a charismatic guy, more of that personality. It's going to go a long way when they get in that locker room and they have to win over the trust of their teammates. A hundred percent. And Aaron Rodgers, he, uh, he, he, you don't care because he's a winner. It's just like that coach conversation. If you win, it doesn't matter. But when it's unproven in terms of the draft, that is a big factor. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers, I think he's going to, there are going to be a lot of guys that kind of maybe view him askance a little bit, but they know he's a winner. Right. And they, they, and they know how great a player he is. If you have that kind of transcendent talent, you can overcome some of the other stuff. But when we're talking. Oh, and it doesn't have, sorry, it doesn't have to be like Teddy like. No. He's very almost over the top in how kind and gracious mm. he is. It can also be like Joey, Joey Burrow. Just be a good dude. He's a little cocky and he's got mm. swag, but he's likable. By his right. teammates, they love him. They, they, you know, they can't get enough of him. So it just, it, it all depends on who you are. What you can't do is come in as a rookie, be an asshole, for lack of a better term, and also not be good right away. Well, and that's like okay. this year's draft. That to me is going to be a a tiebreaker because you can say all these quarterbacks have flaws, right? So 
what could separate one or two it's stuff like leadership character and then the other thing that, that's going to separate is the processor and the and the mental side of it and that's why like i mean even though he's got the small hands and one thing you kind of like about Kenny Pickett is the kind of leader he is. 35 fumbles in college for I Kenny know, Pickett. I know. Ooh, and that's the hand size? That's yeah. the eight and a quarter inch hands. I, <laughs> I, you know, that, that, that look, there are, out, going, there are going to be teams that cross Pickett off their boards entirely because of the eight and a quarter inch Let me just say hands. this. I I don't, although people talk about like, he's like double jointed in his thumb and like, oh, can that make up for it? that. Whoa! Double jointed, yeah. Mr. Double jointed. It, it helps me hold on to footballs. Maybe I, we should ask uh, next week Kenny when he does his press conference to show us, <laughs> can you show us your double jointed thumb here. There, there here's Ken. my thing on it. I do not care about your hand size at all, unless there's evidence to suggest that it's hurting you, and there clearly is evidence to suggest that he struggles to hold on to the football. I don't care about hand size at all, at all. Even on top of that. I think the Broncos do. I think George Payton really cares about. Doesn't that. worry you that like Daniel Jones has small hands and he can't hold on to the football. No, uh, and, and Drew Lock has what nine and a quarter inch hands and he struggles to hold on to the ball. It doesn't matter what I think yeah. though. I think that's going to be a huge issue for George Payton. And I will say we have a big Pitt Panthers fan in the Madden chat. He suggested he was trying to find the numbers to prove it, but he was saying in his freshman and sophomore seasons, they were running a lot more read option. Mm. He said, I would assume a lot of it came from that, but he wasn't able to find the numbers to back that up. Um, so I just wanted to I'm, share that because I know he would come at me saying, hey, you, you didn't mention this. Um, I'm efforting that right now if I can just find it. No. If it's not as much like, oh, every time you get hit while you're trying to throw the ball, you drop it. Right. Um, then that helps alleviate a little bit. But it's the combination of small hands, which, again, Joe Burrow had small hands. I could not care less. Yep. But then you combine that with a stat that can be connected to hand right. size. Now I'm a little worried. Fair, fair. And last one when Mace is looking that up comes in from T Wood 16 says, no question, just a quick comment I thought was funny. After Mace's series of tweets last night, I am now getting ads on Twitter for flight tracking ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and we'll be, you know, we'll be all over the tracker again, trying to see if that flight coming in from Dallas is, yep. is old Dan Quinn. Yep. If he comes in tomorrow, yeah, he's still the favorite. Okay. If he doesn't, I'm starting to question mm, that. I All agree. Right. Now I'm looking. This is on uh, on FoxSports.com, and it's Kenny Pickett's rushing stats, okay? He had five fumbles in 2018, and then not more than two in any of the seasons after that. So those so are he has rushing men- fumbles. But that's has- only nine, though. That, that's ten fumbles when he's rushing. And that's that's five, so five in one season, and then five in the three seasons since then. If I can just twenty five fumbles as a passer, presumably. Yeah, let's, which is a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now he did play five years, um, so it's important to keep that in mind. Sure. I think he played like forty something games, mm-hmm. um, but still almost a fumble a game. Well, those are the, those I are mean, the only ones they list. You say uh, you say Daniel Jones, and that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Daniel Jones was not an interception machine; he was a turnover machine. Yep. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want to like Kenny Pickett. It's just, but the fumbles are a big thing. Yeah. Also, the loose sleeves gives me anxiety. Why? Maybe that's another fumbles thing. Peyton Manning wore loose. No, no, not those loose sleeves. Long loose oh, sleeves. That's, oh, that's that's weird, uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's an old school look. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's such a pit look. <laughs> I, I, I the, here's the thing. I, I'm and I know this is gonna be me, old man, yelling at the cloud. 
I wish players had their sleeves come down long. I don't need to see armpit hair. Uh, you see armpit hair during football games? <laughs> o- like, watch the old linemen with their sleeves rolled up. You see, a, yeah, you see a lot of pits. But remember, Josh Allen said like he doesn't like to wear long sleeves because he feels like it hurts his ball security because like the the leather on skin is a little more sticky than leather on you know Under Armour. Or whatever. And then, yeah. and he talks a big game and then he comes and then out he and wears the sleeves. No, I love Josh. Last game he didn't wear them though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So maybe he didn't feel. Did Mahomes? I don't know. I think so. You think, think he so. had long no, sleeves? I, I don't remember though. Mahomes somehow seems to get better the colder it gets. It drives me insane. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here today, unless you guys have anything else. Uh, unless, Mace, you got some more research that you're pulling out there. I'm still uh, – college fumble stats are always kind of a little tricky to find, yeah. so you got to do you got do some digging, and maybe it's just the, the buzzer is going to sound on me here, all right, unfortunately. All right. Well, you got a few more seconds as I tell the people about Green Mountain Dental Group, where you can sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush. These people are great. Uh, They're going to treat you like family. If you went in there today, they'd probably be talking about the coaching search with you. Um, You know, you all can give your takes. They're big Colorado sports fans. They're also big DNVR fans. We appreciate that from them so much. They've supported us for a very long time. Um, So if you're looking for a dentist around here, we highly, highly recommend you go over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. Anything new, Mace? No, nothing new. Sorry, we're going to have to come All back right. to this tomorrow. We'll have to reach I, back I, I, on that. Look, I, I've, I've got a lot of work to do on the quarterbacks the next few days anyway, so there we go. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get to the bottom of this. And this is a good time <laughs> for me to – I know we probably just lost a bunch of viewers, but – good time for me to remind you guys we will be all over the senior bowl sending down a full crew down there we'll be doing a live show after the practices uh we'll we'll have it covered top to bottom seeing if there is the next quarterback for the denver broncos down there at the senior bowl really looking forward to heading down to mobile um so stick with us then but again we'll be all over this coaching search until then um and stick with us the whole way through it we'll catch you tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast